And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend, I'll say it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I traveled each and every highway And more, much more than this I did it my way Well, that's all she wrote uh, the Blue Jays 2021 season ends with a 12-4 win over the Baltimore Orioles, but unfortunately a 7-5 Red Sox win over the Washington Nationals spells the end for the 2021 Blue Jays. It was a heck of a ride while it lasted, but unfortunately the Blue Jays don't make it into a wild card spot. They don't make it into a tiebreaker or a three-way tie or a four-way tie with either the Yankees, the Red Sox, or the Mariners. It's going to be the Yankees and the Red Sox. In the wild card game this upcoming Tuesday, Bryson, Jacob, not the occasion we want to be talking under, but um, looking back at this team this season, you can complain all you want, but it was one heck of a season, and we're going to remember it for years for everything that it that it was. I'm not mad. Um, I'm just sad, and I think everyone in the fan base can agree with me on that one. It just, you know, you miss out by one game uh, at the end, and it, it just it really feels like a sucker punch to the gut. And, um, you know, you just knowing that that's how close you were and how close they got today to sneaking into that tiebreaker spot, um, no matter how fun of a season it was, because it was a blast and what a season it really was. But it's just um, it's just sad and it's going to take it's I'm not going to lie. It'll take me a little bit to get over um, just because of how much potential and all the talent that we experienced this year, all the ups and downs. And um, that's pretty much how I'm feeling right now. Jacob, how about you, buddy? Ah, that was not the way you want things to end. And I think it's, it's, I think it's even worse knowing that you did everything you could do. You swept the Orioles. You just, the games that you were not in, they just kind of, or the other games, they just, they were out of your control. And the Rays gave the Yankees a good scare. It was very close. They ended up losing one to nothing on a walk-off. The Red Sox came back from a five to one deficit to win seven to five. It's tough. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There, there's always next year. I think that's something we can always say. But, you know, when you think about we should be planning for a tiebreaker for a wild card game, it's just it's a, a brutal way to end it, I think, especially considering there's a lot of uncertainty uh, uh, surrounding certain guys on the team. But very fun season so far. Um, you were starting to see all the reaction on social media and it's mostly positive except for a few things, which I'm sure we'll get into a few, not surprising things trending, but overall it's been a very fun season and it's, this isn't the episode I wanted to be making right now, but it's, it's still, I don't, I don't think we can let that take away from how great of a year it has been really. Yeah. I think you nailed it on the head. It's so tough to swallow because it wasn't like the Blue Jays collapsed in September as we saw them do in the last half of August and you know it's not like they were five six games back fighting for their life in mid-September and eventually getting eliminated a week or two before the end of the season it was game 162 
That's what it took to get the Blue Jays out of this, and it wasn't even their fault. They won 12-4 against the Orioles. It came down to that Rafael Devers home run in Washington against the Nationals, and that's all it was. If, you know, the Nationals maybe don't misplay that ball at second base, the second baseman fields it cleanly and gets the out, maybe it's only the Nationals down one run, maybe Juan Soto hits a home run in the bottom of the half inning, maybe Rafael Devers never hits a home run in that situation in the first place, and the Blue Jays are still playing tomorrow, but it's unfortunate we're not going to see this team play for another five months um, until February 2022 when they return for spring training. Um, Let's go back to the beginning of this series because there is a series to talk about here. It's our last series recap of the season. It's our last Blue Jays baseball that we're going to be talking about of this season before we head into the postseason for other teams and then eventually the offseason for the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays did what they had to do in this series. They did everything they could to, um, on their side of things, to win. And you can complain about the Yankees series, but the Blue Jays swept this series against Baltimore. The offense came out to play, and that was going to be the X factor. We kind of saw it wake up a little bit in the Yankees series, but it was the main concern. They come out, they slug the Orioles for all they're worth. They win by a mammoth landslide on Saturday, a mammoth landslide on Sunday. Quite close on Friday night's game and maybe a little bit too close for comfort, but the Blue Jays did what they have to do. And fortunately, we end this season on a high note with George Springer heating up, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. getting his 48th home run of the season, Marcus Simeon hitting his 45th home run of the season, Alec Manoa having a phenomenal final start. A lot of things that went right this season for the Blue Jays and a lot of things that went right in this series that we can look back on positively. And see, I think that's the hardest part about not having the season end is when you think about it, this team, it was heating up and the offense was finally there. Steven Matz had a fantastic outing. Alec Manoa, even Hyunjin Ryu, he wasn't as sharp. I mean, he did also get hit in the leg with a ball, but I think he was still overall pretty good. And to know that I think this team really could have won a tiebreaker, won a wild card. Not really sure about the Rays in the division series. I would have liked to run the table, but this team, it was heating up. It really was. And, you know, we're now at the point, Jordan Romano, 23 straight saves. He's been lights out for the Blue Jays. And he did get that save in the first game. He, actually, he got five outs. He didn't even just get a save. He got an extended save. So, it over, like, the thing is, is the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs. It's a bad-ish ending. I mean, it's, a, it's an unfortunate ending. But when you look at it, at, at this series specifically... It was pretty good. Like, call Baltimore a bad team all you want, and of course they are. 50 and, if I'm not mistaken, 50 and, or 52 and 110. So they're obviously not a good team. But the Blue Jays were able to beat a, solidi- a solidified major league team. And obviously the 10 to 1 game, the 12 to 4 game today, they showed that they were making a statement. They knew they needed to win. I will be honest, I was nervous going into today's game. I didn't know if they had it. I mean, you obviously you want them to have it, you want them to win, but it's still, I think, a little thing that you're nervous about. Are they going to win? And they did win, and I think that's what makes this a little bit more difficult because maybe five minutes after the Sportsnet broadcast went to the Red Sox game, they end up losing. And you see George Springer in that last interview, he said, all right, guys, let's go watch the game. Guerrero in the dugout was watching it, and he just looked stunned, but... At least, you know, if you want to look at it from a semi-good area, this is very good uh, learning experiences for a lot of these players because a lot of them are still going to return. I think that's what we need to remember. You know, we talk about Robbie Ray 
I, he could technically sign an extension right now. I don't think he will. Same thing with Simeon. And even, you know, a lot of the guys like Simber here till 2024, Manoa and Pearson till 25 and 26, they still do have Ryu for a couple more seasons. So, like, a lot of this team, and Romano, actually, I think he's here till either 25 or 26 or 24, but, like, they still have him for a couple more years. So this is, I think, it's the start of things to come. And look at last season, their expected or projected win total was 86. They were 32 and 30, if I'm not mistaken. So they were expected to be a good team. I don't know if that 86 win total was realistic, but this season they were a lot better. It was clear that this is a good team. I think the league needs to expand its playoffs, but that's a completely different topic. If I'm looking at this team in general, it was good. And the thing is, is there were so many good moments, but there were also so many bad moments. And you look at earlier in the season where they had two starters at one point where TJ Zoic was just getting lit up, where Tanner Rourke got lit up against the Rangers, where Tyler Chatwood walked five straight batters. This team was able to come back from that. They had two six-game losing streaks at various points in the season. And to go into that final game of the season, game 162, 3 p.m., and really make a statement, it proves that although the results weren't here this season, this team is ready to contend. And next season... You're going to need some pieces. You're going to need to bring some guys back. You, obviously, there's going to be off-season moves. That, I think that goes without saying. But this is one of m many, many years of, of meaningful baseball down the stretch. And hopefully next season it continues deep into October. But if you're looking at this series in particular, the Blue Jays made a statement. Only unfortunate thing is that it just, it to some extent, was not really completely in their control whether they could win and really advance um i'm not gonna lie uh to you both and i don't know if you agree or not uh, of course you can nitpick at any little detail throughout the series but i'm here to th end things off and say throughout this entire series i had zero complaints absolutely none because everyone knew what they had to do they knew what they had to do and unfortunately we the jays knew that the only thing that they could have done was obviously sweep they needed help and I'm glad they missed out because of the Nationals. I'm glad it wasn't them losing. I think we'd have a little bit of a different conversation today if that was the case and if you know if one of those games ended differently. I'm glad they went out on their own terms. Uh, they did exactly what they had to do and what they were told to do and pretty much everything that they knew they had to do. They were pretty much great offensively as well. There's nothing like them, especially in Game 2 and Game 3, getting out to an early, or an early game lead in the first inning. I thought that was really cool. But, you know, if you want to start with that Friday game, Mark, you covered it pretty much. Steven Matson potentially his final start as a Blue Jay, uh, has a really good way to end a season off. He goes seven innings, two earned runs, five strikeouts. Not much more you can ask for. And, of course, him and Hunjin Ryu were the question marks of this series because you knew they had to sweep and you knew that, um, unfortunately, you couldn't guarantee a, you know, a solid start from either Mats or Ryu, which is why um, his final start as well definitely meant something. And I'm just glad that um, we witnessed him go out on good, good terms as well. And who knows if he's back. I would love to see Steven Matz back as a fifth starter next year. But um, that's something that we'll have to discuss probably after the, the postseason ends. And that's going to take quite a bit. And we're obviously still on the last day of the regular season. So we have quite a bit to go before we get into those discussions really on a serious matter. But, you know, the offense showed up, and um, especially from what we saw in this Yankee series, it was a disappointing uh, end of the series, how they actually lost two out of three. And what I was going back to for their first uh, run 
or them getting ahead in the first inning um, was started on game two. They go out, have a three-run first inning, three-run second inning, and it just starts with home runs from Guerrero, Springer, uh, Bichette. Um, you, you pretty much went through it all, Mark. And, of course, Alec Manoa to close off an intense, or not even, just a, an incredible, that's the word I was trying to use, an incredible rookie season. Seven strong, only one hit over seven innings, one earned run, ten strikeouts. Uh, we discussed this all the way back in spring training. When is Alec Manoa going to get a shot at the major league level? And, of course, we had a segment called the Alec Manoa Watch. It didn't last as long as we hoped it uh, hoped it to be because all of us pretty much had a late summer target date for him to come up. And then all of a sudden, as uh, weeks went by, because that's when we were recording, we were doing pretty much once a week at that time, Every every one of us kept saying a different and an earlier start date. And uh, that was pretty much the turning point, the start of the turning point for the starting rotation. So if you're going to tell me that Alec Manoa was going to have an ERA of 322 in his rookie season and come up after being drafted in 2019, nobody would have believed you. You know, a lot of people would have thought Alec Manoa would maybe be a potential option midway to the end of next season. That's insane to what he came up to do. And uh, somebody said it on one of the broadcasts, or I, I heard it somewhere, and it's absolutely true, is that he has playoff pitcher written all over him. You can tell he wants the spotlight. He can handle the spotlight. And I can't wait to see him pitch in the postseason, hopefully next year. And of course, today, we knew it came down to game 162. Everyone knew what was going on today. They come out and have another three-run first inning, a two-run second inning, a four-run third inning. Uh, they completely did their part. They took care of the Orioles right away early on in the game. Hunjin Ryu makes his final start of the year after uh, a down season overall from him. Two earned runs over five innings and seven strikeouts. You'll take that from Hunjin Ryu, and he's got a lot of uh, thinking and a lot of things to change this offseason. And if he is back here next year, we need to see him um, a lot better than what we saw this year. So he has a lot to figure out this winter. And of course, um, we continue with the, the main guys for the offense and MVP season uh, numbers like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You can say the same about Marcus Simeon. George Springer gets healthy near the end of the year, starts hitting the ball really well. Teoscar Hernandez has a really good game. And of course, I know Lourdes Gurriel Jr. didn't end on the brightest terms because of that hand injury, but what a remarkable September from him. So lots of good takeaways. Again, going back to the very first thing that you said, Mark, I'm not mad. I'm really I'm really not. I'm just sad. And I, I think all of us can agree with that. And this the future of this team is bright. There's an it, it is gonna be an interesting offseason. You have an offseason where you have to negotiate a CBA. You have two top free agents who pitch their way into a Cy Young Award season and almost MVP like numbers for Marcus Simeon as well, who leads the team in war. You have a lot of um, you know, things to figure out this year, but the the main takeaway is from what Jacob said is this core will be back and they're going to be back for a long time and it's a lot different than what we saw in 2015 because there's no expiry date really set in stone right now it's only just beginning and that's what gets me excited for this team but at the same time that's what makes me sad because of how good they were and how close they were to sneaking into that tiebreaker spot and potentially going on a play uh, a postseason run so lots of takeaways lots of ups and downs and pretty much the cherry on top for me this entire year that I thought that made it possible was the return home at the end of July. And that's really when the season started turning around because for the entire way, we kept saying they need to go on a run, they're poised for a run. And it turns out them coming home uh, to their home crowd was exactly what they needed to get going. And that's definitely what they did. They had hot streaks, they had cold streaks. They got back into things right when we kind of ruled things out. And they came within one game this weekend. And a lot of us kind of wrote the season off before this series even started. So all of this to take into account for uh, lots of ups, and of, of, of course, lots of downs, but overall, 
It was a fun season, and I can't wait uh, for next year. For the first time in a while, I am excited for spring training 2022. Yeah, I mean, you can talk about the negatives all we want, and we will. Like, we'll have a postmortem on the season. We'll talk about some of those worst moments and what steps the Blue Jays need to take in the offseason, and we're going to be doing offseason previews and, you know, what guys the Blue Jays should target and all that kind of stuff. But for right now, it's just appreciation. The Blue Jays are a 91-win team. How can you complain about that? They won 91 games. And at that point, you just have to, you know, tip your hat. You have to say, okay, Yankees, um, as much as we hate you, you, you know, played one win better than us. Um, Okay, Red Sox, as much as we hate you, you played one win better than us. It's frustrating that it came so close and so tantalizingly close for the Blue Jays, but that's just what you have to do. It's not a moment of anger at the Blue Jays. It's not a moment of disappointment. It's just... You hoped for so much more. You had huge um, hopes and dreams for what the Blue Jays might be able to do at the last part of the season. And fortunately, it doesn't doesn't work out that way. That's life sometimes. Um, yeah, but so many things went right this season. There's so many things to be happy about, whether it's Marcus Simeon, whether it's Robbie Ray, whether it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And um, can I just say, you know, we all saw Vladdy and we all saw, all saw the videos of him sitting in the dugout and watching the final game of what turned out to be the finishing blow for the Blue Jays and the Nationals and the Red Sox. We all saw that. Um, he poured his heart and soul into the team this year, and he did over the offseason and putting all that work into the Blue Jays. And there was a quote um, after the game about what Vladdy did this season and what his expectations are for the future. And basically what he said is, um, personally, I'm not satisfied. That's what he said. This is from a guy, a 22-year-old kid who just hit 48 home runs in a season, just had one of the best offensive seasons, not only in Blue Jay history, but pretty much the history of baseball. It's up there in the top 1%, the top 0.01% of offensive seasons. Um, he set records left and right, and he said, I'm not satisfied. I want to get to that next level. He said I'll, he'll work just as hard this winter as he did last winter to lose weight. And he said um, on a team level, he hopes for more in 2022. You cannot ask for anything more from these players. They poured their heart and soul into this team. They were a tight-knit group, a group that stayed together the whole year, no matter through the thick and thin. And we've talked about how much we love to watch them. And it, it really was a joy to see what everything they were capable of doing this year. And Looking forward to next year. It's going to be an exciting season, and I, I just can't wait for those four or five months to tick by, and we'll be glued to the Blue Jays in the offseason to see what they do, but February 2022 can't come soon enough. I think this offseason is going to, quite frankly, to put it bluntly, it's going to suck. You know, you look back at 2015, and I just remember anxiously waiting, and same thing with 2016 after such good seasons, and this season's probably going to be the same thing. You expect really good things out of the team next year. And the thing I think that is different about last season or, or this season and next season, the team's most likely going to be in Toronto next year. I think that's fair to say to start it. And also, I think there's a lot of questions that were addressed midway through the season that will carry over to next season, like Adam Simber, like uh, Alec Manoa. Yeah, there's definitely still things that need to be figured out, like uh, like Robbie Ray, uh, Marcus Simeon, all those guys, but this season was a year of th a lot of questions needed to be answered. And was Tyler Chatwood really going to be good for them? Was Robbie or not Robbie Ray? Uh, 
was Tanner Roark going to be good for them? Where like how how was all that going to work? Was TJ Zoit going to plan out? A lot of these guys unfortunately didn't, but that makes it better for the Blue Jays because now they know next season what do we do? And really, I think that they can contend for the American League East and probably straight out the gate going into next season because it it started off pretty bad. You know, I mean, it, it's tough because they started in their spring training home. They went to Dunedin. They stayed in Dunedin. They went to Buffalo, and it just it didn't feel like a real regular season. I think for a lot of uh, really a lot of the first half, but you come back, you have really you have a, a fantastic bullpen. I mean, I even forgot to mention Dolisa and uh, Kirby Yates. Uh, Kirby Yates not really because he obviously underwent Tommy John surgery, and you can't blame him for that. But Rafael Dolis, he he was not who we expected him to be, and Jordan Romano was ten times better and. He's a guy, he's here for the next three to five years, whatever it is exactly. That's all going to carry into next season. And to see that Guerrero, really, he's not satisfied. It's It shows that this team does want to win. I mean, every team wants to win, but it shows that these guys know that they can win. And to not win, it really does hit hit them a lot. And as we, you know, we, we scroll through Twitter, we see the videos and the pictures of Bichette quite emotional at the thought of potentially losing his uh, his middle infield partner. And this team, really, it's a tight-knit group. You see Gurriel and Bichette hugging each other. Springer was obviously staying there to cheer on the fans before, that, uh, before he walked into the dugout. Guerrero stayed there. It's clear that these guys want to win, and they know they can win, and they know they can win for a very long time. So it's going to be a brutal offseason, and I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm going to watch the wildcard game. I don't know if I can. We'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll put it on for five minutes. But I just, it's too hard right now, I think, as a, as a fan that probably if I didn't have as much sense in me would have thrown my phone out the window because just to, to have to watch that video of Devers hitting that home run and knowing that really that's ending the Blue Jays season and he's not even playing the Blue Jays, it really does hurt. But all you can really use it as is motivation if you're the Blue Jays to say, Next season, we're going to be even better. We're going to be here in Toronto all season, hopefully. And it'll it'll be a, a list, or it'll be, I think it's just the, the very beginning of things to come. And maybe next season's the World Series year, one of two or three World Series years. But if you're any of these young guys right now, you're definitely looking at... Uh, you're looking at this as a way of of really developing into the the key players that you want to be because now you go from the the anger of this to making the 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 playoffs and the division series and the world series even better well jacob i can tell you one thing especially this this goes for jacob and i the most mark as toronto sports fans we are destined for heartbreak every year around april from uh, the hockey team here so what i'm trying to say is we will be very engaged with the offseason this year, and that's why I'm very excited um, throughout the offseason process. But, you know, just to answer your thing quickly, I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch the wildcard game. I'm going to watch pretty much all of it. And here's the thing, too, from what I have kind of planned out, is one of those teams is going to lose, obviously, on Tuesday. The Rays are going to beat that team in the ALDS. And then from there, I hope um, the Rays lose. So one of those teams is going to lose, and that's why... It's not gonna kind of it's not gonna get to me that much because I know um, the chances for them winning or anything like that are definitely low. But 
you know, you, you talk about Jacob, all the missed opportunities they had this year, and everyone knows that. They blew at least double-digit games this year from no matter what it was through Tyler Chatwood, Rafael Dolis, like you mentioned Tanner Roark. Of course, don't forget Brad Hand in the summer. Like, there's so many things that obviously went wrong in those winnable games. But, you know, I'm, I'm still here to appreciate them. But I think the one lesson that a lot of us can learn from, and it's not the worst lesson either, and definitely the team can learn from this as well, and maybe someone like Charlie Montoyo, is that, you know, these winnable games going back to April, they do mean something. And I really do think that this is a good lesson for them to learn out of all the chances they had this year. And hopefully this is a season where you never kind of deal with something this similar because obviously every team's going to have moments where you do blow games. But the amount of games that they did let slip away from them this year was way too many, and everyone knows that. So that's why if that's one lesson you're going to take away from this season, I think that's one of the biggest ones for sure. And, um, you know, little things throughout... Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s game, Bobachet's game, game, like the younger guys in particular, I'm sure they they learned so many things throughout the year and kind of adjusted in their very first year of playing 162 games. So again, this is an, appre- this is an appreciation episode, and uh, I've got nothing but love for this team, and I think everyone can speak for that. So that's all I have pretty much to say about that. And um, get let's get the playoffs under or pretty much underway already and over with so we can focus on the offseason because I can't wait for those rumors uh where we where everything's reported and there's so much you know uncertain uncertainty and all that and we get to talk about it every week so can't wait uh, but it's just part of the cycle of the offseason you know so we will see what happens and um overall 91 wins you can't complain you really can't complain and the best part is you know that that win total should have been higher which is even more um, you know, gives you more optimism for their future. Yeah. And you look around baseball, 91 wins for the Blue Jays. If they were in a different division, they would have been two games behind the Chicago White Sox for the lead in the AL Central. They would have been four games behind the Astros for the lead in the AL West. They would have been three games up on Atlanta for the lead in the NL East. And then the NL Central, they would have been four games back of the lead in first place. It'd be second in that division. And then we won't even look at the NL West because we all know what that division is. But um, yeah, the Blue Jays had a successful season, no matter how you look at it. And I want to talk about some of the performances that we mentioned a little bit. Um, The number one being Alec Manoa. Uh, Bryson, you mentioned kind of our expectations going into this season. And I remember saying, um, I don't know if it was in spring training or when the season first started. It was before we learned that Alec Manoa would be starting the season in Buffalo. Basically, what I said was that if Alec Manoa makes a start for the Blue Jays this year, if he makes his Major League debut this year, something has gone very wrong. Something has gone very wrong for him to be in the majors, even by August, even by September, because he has so much more development to do. And uh, obviously, him starting the season in AAA changed that. It meant that the Blue Jays were obviously pretty high on him and thought he was close to Major League ready, but... Even after that, when we laid down the first mile markers of when we thought Alec Manoa would be making his Major League debut, I've pulled up the records. This is from May 13th, when we first predicted when he would be coming to the Major Leagues. Um, Jacob, you said July 15th. Uh, Bryson, you said July 20th. And I said August 1st. So I believe he made his first start in uh, late May or early June. Um, from what I remember, I'm going to Google it quickly here if I can kill enough time, but, um, yeah, May 27th, 2021 at Yankee stadium was his debut. So we were all very far off. What he did this season is something unlike we've ever seen on the blue Jays. And yeah, we don't know what went on in 2020 at the 
the alternative training site and you know how much he may have developed there but that's just one of the many things that went right for the Blue Jays that again this is not a post-mortem on the season this is not a time to be critical this is us heaping praise and appreciation on what the Blue Jays did and honestly the most engaged I've been in a season all year since I can remember even 2015 in the early parts of that season they were a 500 team I was not engaged until the trade deadline and we all know what happened then but from day one from that April 1st game and a sunny day in the Bronx to what we saw today 12-4 win against the Orioles it was engaging from day one and uh, I know we've said this before but just an incredible season including from Malik Manoa and I think we've already said this but that's just the this is the very beginning and you know you look at Alec Manoa his rookie season he he had what was it like a dozen professional innings under his belt before the season yeah, he comes up to the major leagues before he made his major league debut I think it was uh like 15 or 19 before he came up uh before he started this season I don't remember the exact number but yeah, and he just for him, it was a fantastic debut season. You know, 9-2, a 322 ERA with what I think is the most impressive, a 105 whip. is He, honestly, for most teams, that could be your ace, I, I think is fair to say. And he's one of a few guys. And, you know, we talk about Robbie Ray and Steven Matz. I would love to see them back. I, I think there's no doubt about that. But now you have Alec Manoa on top of Nate Pearson, who I don't think is going to be a bullpen piece next next season assuming everything goes to plan but for Alec Manoa this it was a fantastic season I'm pretty sure before the Manoa watch in early May all of us said there was zero chance he make, makes it to the to the big leagues even if the Blue Jays were out of it like you remember in 2018 19 how just random guys would get called up and there were guys that you'd see at spring training and it was because the team was so out of it and it was like well why not just give them a give them innings but if you're Alec Manoa you came into a pennant race and you were one of the aces of this staff and one of three aces probably. You put him with Barrios and Ray, even Ryu for a portion of the season. And honestly, Matt's, he had a lot of stretches of, of just fantastic outings. So I do think Manoa will get some, some votes for Rookie of the Year. I think you kind of have to. And the thing is, is this he was a guy that came to this team and helped them win. And I know that that's an argument people use about why Guerrero should win the MVP over Otani. I think it should hold some weight for Alec Manoa too. Because without him, say it's Ross Stripling in that rotation or TJ Zoic if he stays with the team. I don't think the Blue Jays have as good a rotation uh, as they do. And so with, with Manoa, you just add him to the list of guys for next season. It's going to be a very good season straight from the get-go. It's not going to be, oh, hey, we'll see what we have out of TJ Zoic. We'll see what we can salvage out of Tanner Roark and, and whatnot. This is going to be a fantastic st starting rotation. Pretty much the second, whenever the first game of the season is, the end of March, the uh, beginning of April. As long as you can get a guy like Ray back, I think that this is probably a contender for the best rotation in the American League. And it, it might start with a guy like Robbie Ray, but I'll tell you what, Alec Manoa is probably your number two. And really, even if he's your number three starter, it's because you have another ace in Jose Barrios. So kudos to him. I, I don't think really we can say enough about Alec Manoa. Really, like even for him, I, I don't even think he realized is how good of a season he had going into one where he, as you as we just mentioned, 17 innings professionally going into the year, made only a few starts in Buffalo. He then comes up and is one of the best pitchers, I think, in, in the league, or, or 
perhaps, I don't know, maybe best in the league is a bit of an exaggeration, but he was fantastic. And, and just to see a guy come up and straight from the get-go dominate, like he dominated in uh, at Yankee Stadium in his debut. And you, you mentioned how he blew fastballs by guys like Aaron Judge, who even Stanton, who are established major league hitters. It was a great season. I'm really looking forward to who to who Manoa will be next season. And I think the most important thing, important, I guess, I don't know. It's important to me, but I would like to see who the opening day starter is next season because if Robbie Ray's here, yeah, it's probably him, but who do you start? Is it Barrios? Is it Ray? Is it maybe Pearson? Because I don't think it's going to be Ryu, to be completely fair. Who do you start? And I mean, maybe game one is not the most important game of the season to, you know, pick out oh this guy has to start because it's game one like it's not as if today you absolutely had to get a guy out and like you were fighting for your lives like yeah obviously game one's important but it'll be interesting to see which one of these aces really is is starting game one for the blue jays and who's gonna i think take it even more of a step forward because this looks to be a good rotation. I know we going into this year, it was the pitching that was primarily the weakness, and it was really for for a long time until the reinforcements came up. But 2022, I think, is going to be a very, very fantastic year for a lot of these guys. And if you're Charlie Montoyo, assuming he's back, which I do assume he's back, you've got a lot of a lot of wiggle room to work with, and a lot of starting pitchers who I think a lot of other teams would really be begging for. Yeah, it, for me, I mentioned it uh, throughout a couple or about ten minutes ago. I just for me, it goes all the way back to that day in spring training where we heard of how this pure dominance from Alec Manoa over the Yankees and Grapefruit League action, and how everyone was recording it from their phone because that's the only access you had to the game. And then you know we slowly and slowly started mentioning him, and of course, like I said, the turnaround, the slow turnaround of this rotation because you knew this was a massive gamble, and it definitely could have went south. There. You, you knew that there was a really good chance it could have either worked out or went the other way. And of course, in our sake, it worked out for the best of everyone. And he made this rotation begin to turn around and for it to begin to be the starting point. It led to, you know, the addition of Barrios and other people in the rotation to turn things around. Robbie Ray, always from day one, starting like a Cy Young Award uh, pitcher when he first started the season. So... For me, that was definitely one of the highlights, and I do give him a lot of credit, maybe more than people think, about how Alec Manoa really uh, factored into this team this year. And he is, he, like you said, Jacob, he is locked in for next year. Um, pretty much the entire rotation, minus Robbie Ray and Steven Matz, are. You know that you're going to have Nate Pearson looming around as well, so there's potentially a spot for him there. But we're going to see what happens with those two marquee free agents. And yeah, I mean, Alec Manoa is locked in probably as your 2-3 starter, uh, if you want to look at next year already, which is really early because a lot of things can change. But it's just, um, you know, you, you're nothing but happy for the guy. And you know that he has so many things, too, that he has to work on, obviously, and so many things that he learned throughout this entire year where it feels like he got a head start on next year already. He's already going to be almost seasoned for next year. Of course, he has some tweaking to do this winter. So that's why, especially next year, I'm I, my I, my expectations for Alec Manoa remain very high and uh, rightfully so through everyone else. So, you, you have a lot of highlights. You know, one of the things, too, was kind of his friendship with Hunjin Ryu. A lot of people kind of focused in on that at one point. And um, Alec Mano continuing to kind of, you know, tell people how important Ryu was to him and throughout the entire, um, you know, to, throughout the entire rotation. So my focus, and I think everyone's focus for the first half of this, or no matter how long it takes, it's going to be Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon. I know pretty much in the postgame pr- press conferences today already, both of them are asked about it, and of course everyone's going to say the right things, that they're open to this and they're open to that, but 
I mean, what kind of what other sales pitch is there to come back to the core of this team and the fans and everything like that? Pete Walker for Robbie Ray. You just hope that um, at least one of these guys are back next year. That that's really the hope for me. And I, of course, you you ha- you do have a feeling this off season too for this team is going to be very high. You know that there's going to be a lot of moves they make. They need to put together a better bullpen. I think we all know that as much as they did the best they could to kind of fix it temporarily this year because the acquisitions of Adam Simber, Trevor Richards, they helped. And Jordan Romano, I mean, what we haven't even mentioned him yet. What can we say about him other than pure dominance? Somebody who wasn't even slotted in as the closer to start the year, or in spring training, I should say. And um, even throughout the year, he really wasn't. It was kind of, you know, he was thrown in with a lot, or along with everyone else. Rafael Dolis got a lot of opportunities early on, and he started settling in, and throughout the entire year, even before he was the set-in-stone closer, he was their best reliever throughout the entire year. Marco Monterio, I mean, crazy, crazy year from him as well. And you knew every time he was getting the ball, the game was basically over. As much as he gave us a few scares, um, you know, here and there. But either way, you know, that's what every closer does. So there's just so many good pieces that you have on this team, and it just gets you excited for next year. It really does. And their season's been over for only a couple hours right now. So we will see. And um, it's just a long process, but it's a process that I'm willing to wait throughout and follow very thoroughly throughout the year. And uh, I can't wait to you know talk about this uh, throughout the winter as well. And we're gonna. I guarantee you as well. There's going to be some sort of surprise move they make where we have no idea what's coming. I really do think they're going to be very active this winter, but we will wait until the season is officially over or the postseason is officially over. The payoff for this team is going to be well worth it. We keep talking about all this pain and anger as much as we don't have anger right now, but anger throughout the season. The payoff for this team, when it does pay off at some point, because I'm confident it will in the next two, three, four years, it's going to be well worth it, and we can't wait for that to happen. Um, maybe this is a little bit too early. Maybe this is kind of a raw wound to pick at, but because it's our only podcast that we're going to be doing before the postseason starts, I do want to get our postseason brackets on the record before it starts. So we're just going to go rapid fire based on each um, division and round of the playoff. So we're going to start with the AL wildcard game, which is on Tuesday. And unlike you, Jacob, I am going to be watching it. I'm very excited for it, even if the Blue Jays aren't in it. We're going to start with that. Let's go Jacob, Bryson, then me. Yankees, Boston, who's going to win? Rapid fire. I am going to put it at the New York Yankees. I think they have a lot to prove after a one nothing win to avoid the sweep. I'll probably try to watch a little bit of it, despite the tears that will definitely fall. But... I'm putting it Yankees. I'll say they'll win 4-2. to two. The New York Yankees. You got Garrett Cole going up against Nathan Eovaldi. The Red Sox went through Chris Sale today in a must-win game. We saw the last time the Yankees were at Fenway Park. I do think they're the favorites. And the one thing quickly, Mark, I know this is rapid fire, but I just want to mention this quickly. In the four-way tie scenario, we saw this. The Yankees decided to choose this team, the Red Sox, if there was a four-way tiebreaker over the Jays. That just says how much confident they were to beat the Red Sox, and it just shows you know, how dangerous the Jays would have been to them and give them a harder time. They match up better against the Red Sox. They're going to take the game on Tuesday. Okay, that's a long-winded way, way of saying the Yankees. But um, I, I think it's kind of a coin flip, but I'll take the Yankees on this as well. Um, we move into the ALDS. Let's go first to the, the other side of the ALDS, the White Sox and the Astros. Jacob, or let's go the other way around. I can start on this one. Uh, I think the Astros are taking it. I think the White Sox are a fraud. 
as much as we oh. love them and it's fun to watch them and all the fun young stars they have, I think they're a fraud. I think the Astros are winning it. As much as I hate the Astros. The Astros are going to win this. And uh, yeah, the Astros are taking this. But interesting, you think they're the White Sox are frauds. I think it's going to be an exciting series. I think a lot of these will be. But yeah, I'm with you. I think the Astros take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll third that. I mean, we make jokes about the Astros all the time. And the trash can and the Apple Watch jokes, those will never get old. But the Astros are a good team. And I do think that they will take the series probably in four. Like, I don't think the White Sox are a pushover. But I, I don't think that they're going to take over the Astros. Yeah. Um, well, this is uh, not very controversial. I thought we would all be differing on this. But um, and the Astros have been there before. They always seem to come up um, just when it matters in October. So other way around, Jacob, we'll start with you. We all decided to be the Yankees and the ALDS. So Yankees, Rays, who are you taking? Oh, Rays, absolutely. One of the yeah. best teams in the American League and really the entire league. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rays win the World Series. But uh, in terms of the division series, it's got to be the Rays, probably in three. Yeah, this is another uh, non-controversial topic for you, Mark. I, obviously, I think we're all going to say the Tampa Bay Rays to kind of fast forward it a bit. Yeah. Okay. So the ALCS, Rays, Astros, who you taking? I'll start this one off. I'm going to take the Astros. The Houston Astros. All right. I'll spice things up and say the Rays. There we go. That. I'll say they take it in six. That I don't think that the Rays are a team that you could easily beat, especially in October. Okay. Well, finally, we have some disagreements. Okay. Now, Jacob, you are starting this one off. We're going to the National League side of things. In the National League wildcard game, the St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals or the Los Angeles Dodgers? Well, even though the Cardinals have pretty much gone on the craziest run ever, it's got to be the Dodgers, one of the best teams mm -hmm. in the league. No way they lose. Is this another non-controversial topic? Unless, Mark, you have something that you're going to surprise us with. The LA Dodgers. I'm taking the Cardinals. Wow. I just, you know, we were rooting for chaos all week. Jeff Passan was on it. Chaos, chaos, chaos. St. Louis Cardinals. They're hot at the right time, and that's all that matters. Okay, let's go to the NLDS. Um, I think it, so I think it's going to be Cardinals-Giants. I take the Giants in that easily. Uh, Bryson, who are you going with for Dodgers-Giants? Dodgers over the Giants. Interesting. I will say the Giants to spice things up little bit i those two are neck and neck all season i think it's a bit of a coin flip so i'll say the uh the san francisco giants a cardinals Giants series would be far more boring than a five game giants dodgers series that would be amazing okay we go to the other side of things atlanta or milwaukee i take milwaukee brewers for sure i'm on milwaukee as well yeah that's fair uh you have an 88 win team versus a 95 win team it's got to be the brewers yep Okay, and then we go to the NLCS. Uh, it's going to be the Brewers from all of us. I think it's going to be the Giants. Jacob thinks it's going to be the Giants. Bryson, you think it's going to be the Dodgers. Um, who are you taking in the NLCS, Dodgers, Brewers? Doyers. Okay, <laughs> Jacob? I'm going to say Giants. It's either going to be Giants or Dodgers, but considering uh, I said Giants, I think they take it. Okay, so you're picking the Giants to go to the World Series. Um, I'm going to pick the Brewers to go to the World Series. I think wow. that's going to be very exciting. Uh, their pitching is just so good. Corbin Burns, Woodruff, you got Devin Williams, although he apparently punched his hand into a wall and is, is out for the season. But anyways, um, okay, so the World Series for me is uh, Astros-Brewers, which would be one hell of a matchup. I'm taking the Brewers to win it all. Uh, Bryson, what's your matchup and who are you taking to win it? What 
better not than seeing a rematch of 2017 and then the Astros winning it again. No. My call. No. I think so. Not a chance. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Rays. I said they're winning the World are going to the World Series against the Giants and I think the Rays are going to finally get over that hump. Okay. That, I honestly I would love to see that matchup. The Giants and the Rays. That would be such a fun matchup. Might be bad for baseball, but a fun matchup for sure. Um Okay, well, that's all we have for you this episode. That's all we have for you this season. Um, I think we'll just end with a huge thank you to everyone who tuned in to all of our episodes this year. It was one hell of a season for the Blue Jays and one hell of a season for us. Um, We kind of took a risk, and it was our first time doing podcast after every series, and um, it it certainly paid off. Um, uh, You know, we had people tuning in to every episode and it was a special experience to go through this entire series season um and uh this entire year with everyone tuning in and it was a lot of fun and we're certainly looking forward to 2022 it's going to be a lot of fun as well we're not going anywhere though we're going to be here for the full off season and uh we're going to be planning content throughout the postseason as we said doing a postmortem on the blue jays season looking at what went wrong what went right what they need to change and then a preview of the off season it's going to be action-packed. We're not going to be here in three days' time, though. We're going to take at least, I assume, some time off. Thankfully, finally, a little bit of a break. But um, one hell of a season, one hell of a run for the Blue Jays, and we are looking forward to 2022. I do want to end this podcast on one note that, Bryson, you mentioned the quote from Bo Bichette on what he said about this season and what he said specifically about Marcus Simeon and the support of him. And I want to end the podcast with this because I know – If I listen to it again, I'm going to cry. So I want to end the podcast with this so we don't have to talk after. But this is what Bobachet said when he was asked about the influence of Marcus Simeon on him and on his season this year. And again, thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast this season. And for you in your third MLB season, getting to play next to a guy like Marcus Simeon, who's been doing it for six years, respected better in this league, obviously. And what did you kind of learn from him or take away from playing next to him for 162? Everything. Um, yeah, he uh, does meant a lot. He meant a lot to me. For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels, and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blow. It was mine.